to you straight from the holonet. You're listening to the Tashi Station Book Club, the bright center in the universe for science fiction and fantasy literature discussion. I'm your host, Nancy, and joining me this month is Brian to discuss Six Weeks by Murr Lafferty. Welcome to the show, Brian! Well, hello! It's been a little bit of time since I've been on here last. Yes, so for those of you who don't listen to Tashi Station Radio, Brian is the host of that show an editor of all of our podcasts on the network. I'm the reason you podcast. I, You are the reason I podcast. I'm very sorry. Brian is also my husband. <laughs> <laughs> and very rarely I persuade him to come on the book club and talk about books with me. Well, we had a quid pro quo thing recently. Yes. I started a new podcast Yes. That you agreed to host with me once a month. I did. In exchange that whenever you call for it, I come on this show. Exactly. And you just did that so you could promote the other podcast, right? Yes, that other podcast is The Mouse Droid, (laughs) a podcast all about Disney entertainment, parks and resorts fun. But this podcast is about books. (laughs) This podcast is indeed... About books. And specifically one book, which Brian and I both loved. Spoilers. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) So, as we always do in the book club discussion, I will start by reading a plot description. This one shorter than and less dramatic than others. On a spaceship far from Earth, someone is murdering the crew. And the crew's newly awakened clones will have to find their killer before he strikes again. Maria Arena awakens in a cloning vat streaked with drying blood. She has no memory of how she died. This is new. Before, when she had awakened as a new clone, her first memory was of how she died. Maria's vat is one of seven, each one holding the clone of a crew member of the starship Dormir, each clone waiting for its previous incarnation to die so it can awaken. And Maria isn't the only one to die recently. So I don't think that's a very good description of the book. Yeah, that uh, that description leaves a lot to be desired for I, how great this book I actually is. I think the pitch, is. just like the, the elevator pitch is better. Because uh, every time I tell someone, clone murder mystery on a generation ship. Everyone seems to go, ooh. Like, the instant you told me that was the pitch for this book, I was like, I need to read this. Yes. That's like ticking half of my, (laughs) uh, half of my checkboxes for books I will adore. Yes. So, as we, as I said, we both loved this book. Um, I read it earlier in the month, and I, I'm i going to check my Goodreads net right now to see exactly how long it took me to read it, because it was really quick. But um, I was really excited to read this book, because I, um, I've i been wanting to read something of more Lafferty's for a while. Um, well, and you and I have both listened to Mer Lafferty's uh, podcast, Ditch Diggers. Yeah. And we've seen uh, the short story she did for Star Wars Insider. Yes. And g- in general, Mer Lafferty seems awesome. So I'm with you here. Yeah. I, had, I really wanted to read something she wrote. Yeah. And I had have, I had not read a book by hers. I, I still haven't read her Star Wars Insider short story, but I need to remedy that. 
remedy that now that I have the electronic sampler. Um, and uh, she is writing a story for the anthology uh, that's coming out in October. So I'm uh, this uh, from a certain point of view is an anthology of that of stories set during A New Hope. And if you're not familiar with the title, you may be familiar with hashtag uh, Blue Milk. Yeah. What was it? Blue Milk Run? Blue uh, Milk. Operation Blue Milk. Operation Blue Milk. Okay. So yeah, I was excited to read this because I've been listening to the the podcast, Ditch Diggers, and um, this seemed like a book that I would really enjoy. And it was and it got really good reviews. So um I was hyped to read it. Um I I found my Goodreads. I started it on July 4th and I finished it on July 9th. And I think the only reason that I um took that long to read it was just because we were busy yeah but, like, we had, I was my, pretty we had much... my folks in town for a vacation yeah. so we were reading it uh in between or during lines yeah i was parts. reading it like i was reading it on my phone like I, I can't stop reading and then i told you to read it and then you read it in like two days over the like, weekend I, it took me i was busy so it took me like a week and a half to read the first half and then i hammered through the last half of the book in like three and a half hours yeah yesterday <laughs> it was funny because you had some reactions that made me laugh but um so yeah we both we both loved the book and uh it's it's a really interesting book because you had a good description of it that you kept waiting for a twist yeah i was waiting for an m night Shyamalan twist <laughs> and it never came and the book was better for it <laughs> yeah it's just instead of a twist coming out of nowhere it's you get all this knowledge throughout the book that and it's it's like you are and it's all these disparate threads yeah. that intertwine and weave together to this totally logical and amazing conclusion yeah and you never feel like the the author's keeping anything from you, which is very um, impressive because a lot of times when you keep information from the reader, it comes off badly. Well, and sometimes I like books that keep information away from readers. Like uh, you and I both love Tim Zahn's uh, Icarus Hunt. And I won't spoil everything, but that book keeps, <laughs> that book keeps a really big detail away from the reader until the very end. Yes. And that could be fine. <laughs> but normally when authors try to do that, it doesn't work fine. No. So, but I liked it because it was, because it is a murder mystery. You're getting all this information and you're putting the clues together just like everyone on the ship is. And since, and it could have also been very trite because they wake up with no memories. I mean, and and that's normally a terrible way to start a book. Like right. both waking up from a dream and waking up with no memories. Those or are, just waking up. Period. Yeah, uh, waking up yeah. to start a book. That's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna broach our PG thirteen rating here and say <laughs> that's normally a shitty way to start a book. It is. There are exceptions like the Hunger Games, but. Uh, it really works here because, um, you know, you are, you know, you're trying to solve what happened. And it makes sense when you find out what happened. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. universe built here right, uh, makes it, it really, the universe built by Merle Lafferty here makes us, that is really the only way a this book like this out. could start. Right. Um. So that is a good segue to 
discuss the world's building for the book because uh even though like it's it's a page turner and everything and the plot is really good i i think the strongest part of this book is the characters and the revelation about the characters totally agreed so we're going to save them for last because it's really the stuff you learn about the characters that propels the book forward but um so the the gist of the book is that they are on a generation ship called the Dormir, or do you say Dormir or Dormeyer? I say Dormeyer, but uh, I don't know. I say Dormir. I think it's the French in me, the French student in me, but I don't know. And I, th- I yeah, because totally Dor- Dor- Dormir, Dormir is the French word for sleep. D O R M I R. Oh well, in that case, that totally makes sense then. Yeah, dormir. It's also in a in Spanish. Oh well, in that case, it's definitely dormir then. Yeah. So ignore what Wait, I said. Listen it, to Nancy. Is it Spanish or French? No, it is. It's Spanish and French. Yep. Okay. It's the yeah. Same word. In, in that case, you're totally right. Then. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally how it's pronounced. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just, I'm like that. That word sounds familiar to me, and then I realized, oh, duh, it's to sleep. Um, which again, for a generational ship in which uh, right? all of its inhabitants are in cryo sleep, yeah, that makes Except, sense. So yeah, they are they are the clone crew of this ship um, that is going off to colonize a new planet called Artemis, um, and this it sticks to the traditional or to to physics as we know them, where you you can't go faster than light. So they are on their own, basically going to this new planet. And um, they, so they all have a bunch of people in cryosleep. They have some clones, um, what they call mind maps in the servers uh, to have clones on the new planet. And then they are the crew. And the deal was that they were all criminals. The, the clones running the ship, yeah, that is. Yeah, the clones is. running the ship were criminals and they were going to be given a clean slate once they got to Artemis because they needed a crew to stay awake and run the ship. And, you know, if you need a crew to run the ship for 400 years, obviously you pick clones because they are continuously revived in new bodies. Especially with the mind maps, which in this universe means that... Um Every time a clone is awakened after a previous iteration dies, mm-hmm. uh, the new iteration gets all of the memories inherited from that the previous clone and every clone prior to it. Yes. So they just wake up and they continue on mm-hmm. uh, with the mission that was given to them. But the the thing is, you only remember from the previous from before the previous mind map. So it's like backing up your computer. If your computer dies... You're only getting data from the last backup. Which is why I don't like the book description because it says she always remembered how she woke up. And A, that's not true because she doesn't. Yeah, that's not true in this book. And also, it's it's not true for other people because if you don't get a mind map right before you die, like you don't remember yeah (laughs) so i'm very much with you i think the brief description of this book does it a disservice (laughs) yeah it does not accurately portray the book and if you accurately portray this book in the description it would be impossible it becomes a million times more interesting so they are so so they're criminals they're they've been um 
offered to get their slates wiped clean once they get to the new planet. Um, and they, um, so, and they also don't know what each other has done. Like, that's part of the deal. Um, they, they were, they were really wiping the slates clean in that none of the crew knew who, knew what the other people did. Uh, knew what their yeah, everyone were. on every clone uh on the crew and how many people were there there um, were six there were six right six six weeks <laughs> uh, six clones on the crew yep um but none of them knew they all knew that everyone else on the crew were Was criminals it? of some sort but not what they had done yeah exactly yes so um so that also adds to the mystery because as they're trying to figure out who what happened and who committed these murders there's literally every one is possibility and they don't know like and uh you, you find out later that the um the captain actually does know what uh what the people did because of what happened in the previous life also um the captain when they wake up the previous clone is still alive like in a coma, which is a huge faux pas. Yeah, well, it, and it's not a—it's not a faux pas. It's a—it's illegal. Yeah, it's uh, illegal. You are, you know, y- y- there can't be two clones of the same person at once because so the 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 backstory is that cloning came into existence. It it was kind of like the wild west of cloning, where people were you know, changing things in their mind maps. They were changing things about their DNA. Uh, they called them, uh, there was a mention of bathtub yeah, babies. The the Wild West was this weird amalgamation of like uh, CRISPR <laughs> DNA modification uh-huh. and um, like, a uh, what was that Jim Carrey mov- movie? Um, uh... Beautiful sunshine of the oh spotless. eternal sunshine eternal of the spotless sun- mind yeah so yeah. <laughs> mix those two things together uh-huh. that's what cloning was in the wild west yeah. in this universe and there were a lot of issues that came on there was a lot of prejudice against clones um, and so the basic the world governments came together and signed the the cloning codicils which are well, list- the the laws and the additional codicils yes. going on it. and this is the this is the first thing you that you get when you open the book is the list of the codicils and that i was that's when i knew i was going to like this book because any book that starts off with like a a historical document or an in universe thing i'm like yes I like this. <laughs> what other books can we name that have done that? I don't know. Because I'm totally with you. A book that starts with that is a framing mechanism I'm I totally in on. I can't on. think of something. Uh, well, um, the Stars Are Legion does that. The okay. Stars Are Legion has um, quotes from Lord Mokshi at the beginning of every chapter uh, as from the annals of the Legion. So Okay. So, um, so yeah, and part of, so some of the, the codicils are that clones it's illegal for a clone to commit suicide um which is a problem because one of the clones <laughs> killed himself or hung himself uh and he is worried about what will happen to him now because you know basically if you commit suicide you they will actually you know kill you and kill you kill you you can't no coming back 
Uh, the other one of the other ones is that there can only be one clone in one body. There can only be one clone of one person. And once there's a new clone made and awakened, that the, the new clone inherits everything. the right to exist. Yeah. And the previous clone it has to be killed. Legally must be euthanized. Yes. So, um, and uh, I think, oh, clones are cannot have children. They, I think they're sterilized. Um, so, so yeah, there, there was, there was all these different laws about cloning, and they all come into play a lot. Normally, in this book. <laughs> normally that kind of info dumping at the top of a book, I don't enjoy. But for mm-hmm. some reason, this really worked for me. Yeah. So there's, I just opened them up. There's seven of them. It's international law regarding the codicils to govern the existence of clones, established October 9th, 2282. It is unlawful to create more than one clone of one person at a, t- at a time. It is unlawful for a clone to bear or father children. It is unlawful to put a mind map onto a body that does not bear the original DNA. Clones must always have the most recent mind map of their consciousness on a drive on their person. They and their mind maps are subject to search by authorities at all time. It is unlawful to modify any DNA or mind map of any clone, codicil number two being an exception. Uh, Clones must continue with the DNA of their original bodies and their original mind map. The shells a clone leaves behind must be disposed of quickly, hygienically, and without ceremony or ritual. It is unlawful for a clone to end their own current life in order to be reborn. Exception 1, a clone can sign a euthanasia agreement if a qualified doctor agrees that death is imminent and they are suffering. Exception 2, see Codosol 1. That so. that is actually how the book starts. Yeah. So and it says uh, the the codicil one, which is and is unlawful to create more than one clone of a person. Uh, it says each. It continues. Each clone is one person. Cloning will be used for longevity of life, not for multiplication. If a clone is multiplied by their own hand or others, the most recent clone has a claim to the identity, while the others are extraneous. And that's a problem because. The mind maps are obviously different, so you are thinking of yourself as a different person than the other clones, whereas how it's supposed to happen is that you have the memories of all the previous clones, and it's you're just one person. So that's how the cloning works in this universe. Uh, and Murray Lafferty said she uh, tried to be very... Um, true to science when it came to like the space travel stuff and like but she made a decision early on when she was writing that she was not going to try to be realistic at all with cloning you know and i think that is (laughs) that was totally the right call for this book right and like i think you know research is important and i think like believability is important in books but this is also a good example of when it's okay to just hand wave hand wave it because the story is what's important yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And the story was way better because she stuck to the realism of space travel. Yeah. But just said, okay, here's the universe in which cloning works. Mm-hmm. Here's the underlying rules of it. And that's how it is. Yep. And I wish more authors did things <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, there there is something to be said for someone like Michael Crichton who would like dive into research well, and like here is a, a description about how cloning dinosaurs well, michael, would work michael crichton is different yeah. michael crichton made his whole career of 
basing a book out. He made his whole career out of basing a book over a super researched central subject matter. Mm -hmm. And everything else was just sprung out from that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think that all science fiction works well if you do that. uh, Michael Crichton does what he did well. And there aren't many authors who can do that well, so I would say in this case, you know what Mer Lafferty did here? Yeah, the book is way better for what she did, and I kind of wish more authors would take this approach. Yes, I agree. Um, So, um, two other things that I wanted to add that um, are little world-building details, but I thought were really... uh, that jumped out at me as very interesting was uh there was a mention of pope beatrice the first i love that uh and when i saw that i went excuse me uh because uh for the for those of you who don't know i am uh a very lapsed catholic (laughs) i was uh my half of my family is italian and you're pretty much born into it as a cultural thing not necessarily a religious i thing. feel like both you and i share lapsed religious <laughs> backgrounds well i mean i i was not raised very religious so it's definitely always been more of a cultural thing for for me and my family uh so uh, you know of course the big thing is no female priests and definitely not a female pope so I I loved that, and I I'm like, ah, if only they would actually do that. <laughs> um, and then there is a mention, a throwaway mention to uh, Obama University in Chicago, <laughs> which I appreciated <laughs> because I mean, unlike Trump University, it's still there oh hundreds god. of years later. Yeah. Oh god, there's going to be libraries named after him okay moving on but yeah like you know he was a president and they named shit after presidents so that makes perfect sense of course they would name obama university in chicago um so yeah um those are those were just two things that i liked that jumped out at me so um let's move into the plot shall we absolutely so as we said the crew wakes up in a crime scene the cloning bay is filled with bodies and blood and they have no idea what happened that was one hell of a gory way to start the book it really was um and so they eventually find out that um 25 so they believe they've just launched from luna to start their mission um and they realize that 25 years have passed since they left Earth. Um, and they have they don't have any memories of what have happened. Not only that, but the logs have been um, erased. And the ship is off course. And you find out later on, it is turning back towards Earth. Also, the artificial intelligence named Ian that runs the ship is um disabled and they have to fix him so they've got problems (laughs) just a few so the main plot of the book is the murder mystery figuring out who killed who 
and why in order to stop them from doing it again and to fulfill their mission of getting to Artemis because they don't want to fail because if they fail, they're dead. <laughs> that, those, that was the rules. That's the end of their clone line if they return to Earth. Yeah. So, um, so that's the base, that's the basic story. However, um, the, I think the real meat of the story are the flashbacks. Oh, totally agreed. And flashbacks are a very tricky thing to do as a writer. Um, I've taken some writing workshops and, you know, gotten writing advice where if, you know, people advise not to do flashbacks because they can really jar you out of the narrative and stop the momentum from going forward which makes sense however really skilled authors can pull it off and this is definitely one of those cases where uh more lafferty pulls it off super well um because each flashback comes at the appropriate time in the narrative uh like for example when hero attacks maria um the story goes back to his flashback god just this whole book (laughs) and i want to give merle lafferty huge credit here there felt like there was nothing extraneous in anything she wrote yeah ever yeah for this book the flashbacks were not indulgent. Mm-mm. Anything in the present narrative wasn't indulgent. It all just weaved together. And this is one of the most masterful examples of a narrative that wasted nothing. Yeah. And so one would think that, oh, jumping back in time right as he attacks her would completely tear you out of the story. But it's actually... Like, it, it it makes it even more tense because you find out what the hell happened to Hero that he is, uh, they call it in a Yakudari, or how do you, how do you pronounce it? Is it? Yeah, Yakudari was how yeah. I pronounced it. So, the, and it's basically a term that is used for multiple personalities inside one clone. Multiple mind maps merged into one clone. Um, and knowing this uh, makes his attack on Maria way worse. Um, so just the way they they weave the flashbacks together and you find out that all of the crew have they have some relations to one another. Uh, they all have something related to Sally Mignon, who is the villain of the story even though she's never she's not on the ship itself but she's present in the flashbacks and almost everyone has something to do with maria as you find out uh which was which was pretty surprising um i think the only one who didn't was katrina but um so so you find you learn all these things about the characters and then at the end it finally all comes together where you learn, realize what happened. And also the thing I loved is that they figure out what happened, but they don't know if that's actually what happened. <laughs> they never have confirmation that that's actually what happened. That's, they, they 
that's what they come up with. It's a little bit like, like to go back to Michael Crichton, it's a little bit like Sphere in a way, uh-huh. where you don't know what the characters are aware of what really happened, mm-hmm. what they don't know actually happened, and who's hiding who knows what really happened. Yeah. It's just this super complex and twisty uh, who knows what narrative that I just love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we need to move on to talk about the characters oh. to actually. And this book lives and dies by the characters right. and it is so much better because, that, of them. because of that. So Maria, when you meet her, she is introduced as basically a janitor slash cook slash catch-all crew member. Um, there is Katrina is the captain, uh, Katrina Dela Cruz. Wolfgang, who is just known as Wolfgang, is the security chief and second in command. Joanna is the doctor. Hero is the navigator. Paul is the computer specialist. And then Ian is the artificial intelligence running the ship. So that's basically what you get of them when you, when it starts. And you don't know what they did in their past lives. Um, as the, um, the flashbacks per- progress, I think Katrina is the first one you learn about. And you re- learn that she was, she was a general. She was a first clone general. Yeah, she was a military general. And then she became a corporate assassin. Which is basically meaning that they would, uh, clones would send assassins after other clones to kill them uh, for revenge or something. And of course, you know, the clones would come back, but it was just kind of like, it, it happened. And like, people would, you know, talk about parties where people died and how great they were. <laughs> uh, so she is a former assassin and she is... Um, she is uh, tasked to kill Sally Mignon, who is a like very famous, very wealthy, very powerful clone. She's like uber um, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, I guess, except older and smarter, probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, not smarter, more worldly, because she's got more stuff going on. Actually, if we're going back a little further... Uber Bill Gates uh, back in his ruthless 90s days. Yeah, I guess that's a good one. But um, so she is tasked to kill Sally. Instead, Sally comes to her and asks and wants to hire Katrina. And she wants to hire Katrina not to kill anybody because assassinating clones doesn't really do anything. And she says, we need to rise above this petty, this, this petty, like, t- childish things we do all the time she wants to know how to really hurt a clone um and that was when i started to get suspicious and think that sally had something to do with what was going on uh because she basically wanted to know how to destroy hope uh-huh. uh so Katrina ends up killing her anyway because she has to or else she won't get hired for stuff anymore. And then she goes on to work for Sally and basically consult with her. Um, 
Then we learn about Joanna, who is a doctor, but at the point you learn her, she is a senator um, and was involved in drafting the cloning codicils. Um, And you learn that all the controversy that went on with these and that um, there was... Uh, the the Jap the Japanese um, translator actually translated some things wrong uh, on purpose in order to get Japan to to sign on to the codicils. Uh, so that that translator was arrested and tried for treason and sentenced to death, basically. But um, after that, uh, Joanna went back to being a doctor, changed her name, and Joanna is um, has a. Uh, a disease that basically causes her legs not to form properly. Um, so she uses prosthetics and uses a wheelchair, um, which I thought was interesting because I'm like, because you get to the first clap, first flashback and she's not in a wheelchair and she's got legs. Um, so I'm like, wait a minute. Why, why does she have legs here and not later? And you real you later learn that she, um, she had hacked her mind map or in her DNA to uh, she'd hacked her DNA to fix the disease on a, one of her clones. But then she decided that um, they didn't feel like hers. I think that's the way she puts it. So uh, her, her future bodies um, went back to the way she was born. So I thought that was interesting. Um. Uh, we learned about Hero, who's the navigator, um, and he was the one who killed himself. Um, they fi- he fi- he finds his body in the bridge, hanging by a noose. <laughs> uh, he's very concerned because why would he do this when it's illegal? Um, <laughs> and during his flashback, we pretty much find out that Hero is literally crazy uh, because he's got three clones in his head pretty much uh and i th- how many flashbacks are there for hero i think there's two there's two or three yeah. um i think he had the most flashback time devoted to him mm-hmm. but uh his story was probably the most tragic it was story. so i felt terrible for him like i i, I actually really felt bad too for wolfgang but we'll get to that later but like hero especially because he's a clone he's law-abiding doesn't do anything wrong and you find out that he find he gets arrested and learns that there are other clones of him running around doing these terrible things um and he helps them uh find this illegal cloning lab on luna um but because of the laws he they they force him to basically get all three of the personalities shoved onto one mind map and put in him so he ends up being able to quiet the other personalities through a combination of um hypnosis, hypnosis and meditation hypnosis and meditation also drinking <laughs> he says he drinks because it shuts up the other personalities but um the doctor who did the hypnosis said that it would work um that it would be like passed down through his mind nap but it wasn't so the next time he was cloned uh 
he snapped, basically. Because when they wake up, Hero is younger than everyone. So they all look 25 years older. Hero is young. So he died before he, whatever disaster yeah. befell the crew. Did they say what happened? I don't think they said what what happened. I, I don't can't remember recall, what happened. No. But so yeah, so basically once he was cloned, like he his control over the other personalities like collapsed. And um he 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 killed himself because he believed he was responsible for what was going on. Um so we also have flashbacks with Paul, who is, uh, we find out that he is not supposed, he was not a clone during yeah. the mission. Everybody else who was crewing the ship mm-hmm. were clones. Except Paul was Paul. not. Right. He was a human who was very anti-clone. Very. But was, but took a post on the ship for extraordinarily nefarious reasons. Yeah, they so they tell him that they want at least one human on the ship to make sure to keep the clones in line, basically. And we, we should identify the distinction here between humans and clones. Yeah. Humans, uh, they define this as humans have never been cloned. Yes, basically. They are first of their kind, never been cloned. Uh, they... And there is a... You die, you die. You die, you die. Yeah. You never agree to be cloned. Right. When you die, it is the end of you. Yes. In this universe. Uh, so Paul... Um, I, I think the reason they gave Paul is really stupid. Because, like, how would he be able to stop five other clones from doing something with the ship if they really wanted to? <laughs> Well, I I mean I know I I they were basically feeding him a line to get him on the ship. And then Well, uh, yeah, they they fed him a line because they didn't care what the hell he did. They just yeah. wanted him to be a chaos agent yes. on the ship. Yes. So they so he gets and the way he's recruited is really convoluted because first it's uh it's like there was something with Sally Mignon and then that didn't work out, so he went with someone else, and they, you know, he wasn't unsure, so they, like, basically hung up on him, and then when he got in contact with them again, they were like, oh, yes, um, we realized that um, one of the clones on board was involved in the cloning riots, uh, in the clone riots, and your your family was killed. Some of your family members were killed in there. So, like his, um, some of his family members were law enforcement agents, uh, you know, police or firefighters, and they were killed in these riots um, in the line of duty. So he, since that, he blames clones and is very anti-clone. So once he finds out that the person is on the ship, he goes on basically. To get With a revenge. total death wish. Yeah, because he does not intend to be cloned. You know, like, he he goes on, he says, I'm going to kill this person and these people, and I'm not, you know, we're not going to last 400 years. <laughs> so I'm never, he never intends to be cloned. And when they wake up, Paul is freaking out, and they don't know why. And you don't know why. You're like, what the hell is wrong with Paul? Like, what is going on with him? 
And then later on, you find out he was never supposed to be. He 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 did not think he would ever be cloned, and mm-hmm. he's freaking out because he hates. Well, clones. Because when <laughs> everyone wakes up mm-hmm. after being recloned, yep. the whole intention was Paul was going to kill all of them. Yeah. Before the switch is triggered. Yeah. To reclone them. Yeah. And when that switch is triggered, he also gets cloned against his will. Right. Yeah. There was like an emergency switch that Maria hit to wake them all up. So you we find out that through um, some logs that Maria had buried in the computer that she finds later that um, there was an incident like right after the ship um, that right after the ship was launched where Paul attacked people um, and he re- he suffered brain injury um, because Wolfgang subdued him um, and hit him in the head basically and he had a brain injury and forgot why he was there, which was there to get revenge. Then he finally, you know, 25 years later, 24 years later, however long it was, remembered what it was because Katrina had been going around trying to figure out what everyone had done that triggered his memory and he he started poisoning Maria um and once they figured out what was happening Joanna killed Paul um, and we know that Joanna had to have been the one to kill him because she's the only one who can use the smart syringes. Um, and Paul was killed with a with, with, with a overdose of overdose something. Overdose of ketamine. Yeah. Administered so, via a smart syringe yeah. that only her biometrics could administrate. Yeah. So she so we know early on that she definitely killed Paul. Um, but we later figure out or they figure out that she killed him in order to prevent, you know, because they figured out what he was doing. Um, and Hero believed that he was responsible for things going on, so he killed himself. Um, the captain was attacked before then, put in a coma, um, and she's still in the med bay when they wake up. And then later, Katrina just pulls the plug on her, and it's <laughs> vicious. Uh and they want to keep her alive because they think that she. Well, the previous the pre- iteration. Yeah, they want to keep Katrina. Yeah, they want to keep the previous clone alive because she might know what happened, and can give them answers. Um. So, then there's Wolfgang, who um you don't you don't really know anything about him except he's you know from Luna, um because. People who are born on Luna and live there have longer limbs and they they can't really They're analogous to belters if you've read the expanse. Yeah, they can't they can't take the high high gravity. Um so but you don't really know much about him other than that he's, you know, kind of a loose cannon. Um his flashback starts. So it's so all the flashbacks are titled Blank's story. So um, he and Joanna are having a conversation about, you know, cloning, and she asks him what life he's on. How many lives have you had? Um, and she's like, you know, like f- five or six, and he's, and I think the chapter name is so many more than five, 
and you realize like he was basically cloned eight times in one day um and he he says you know he was not he was cloned against his will um and then it goes you the chapter ends and it's wolfgang's story and wolfgang's story starts with father gunter ormon who they mentioned previously as being a very anti-clone priest like basically analogous to how religious leaders would talk about like homosexuality or other things in today's society which i i i liked that because it was very realistic because oh god could you imagine if cloning happened what religions would say about it right (laughs) uh so he was basically very outspoken about it um and so we we get to him basically writing a sermon and i don't know about you when i got to that chapter and it started out with the priest like even though we had just been told that he was cloned against his will, I still had no freaking idea why the hell we were reading about Gunter Orman. I, <laughs> I think I suspected it a little earlier than you did. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it was really cleverly hidden. I was like, why are we reading about this guy? What did Wolfgang have to do with him? Like, what's going on? And then after he's knocked unconscious and wakes up and I, like, you realize he's about to be cloned, I'm like, oh my god, that's Wolfgang, <laughs> holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, so, like, I, he was a very conflicted char- conflicting character for me because, obviously, I don't like his rhetoric, his anti-clone rhetoric, um, Although, in this universe, you could probably argue that clones are kind of not all great people. <laughs> um, and also, it, like, like I, underst- I understood a lot of his um, concerns about cloning and, this, like, your soul and all of that. Because it's basically taking your personality... And, like, the essence of who you are and putting it on, a like, a flash drive, basically. Mm-hmm. And transferring it to another body, a shell. Um, and so he believes, like, once you're cloned, you have no soul. You know? Your soul is gone. Um, I don't agree with it, but I can definitely understand why priests would have some sort of problem with that. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> um, and... The like the whole like making him a clone against his will, like I was reading that whole scene like in horror. Like it was one of the worst things I could imagine happening to someone. And I think it it just because for me, I kept thinking of like like anyone who's forced to do something against their will, basically. You know, it it was it was just like that. Like all autonomy was taken away from him. He had no consent. Um, you know, there's a lot of parallels you can make there about, you know, bodily autonomy. But I just I, I just thought it was terrible and I felt so bad for him. But he was also such a jerk. <laughs> so that was really good writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's then there's Maria. Oh, Maria, Maria. 
how I liked you, and then I hated you, and then I felt sorry for you, and then I was like, what the hell is your deal? (laughs) Maria is one of the most well-written and complex characters I've read in a long, long time. Yeah. So when the story starts, you think that she is just, you know, a janitor, cook, whatever they need to do that's not one of the main jobs. She's the red shirt of the crew. But you find out later that in her flashback that she was actually a very uh, proficient computer hacker. And once the cloning codicils were passed, basically hackers couldn't get work anymore unless they worked on the black market and illegally. Um, And she is hired by Sally Mignon to uh, work on a mind map for Sally's partner, who's a human but wanting to become a clone and wants her to write the MS out of uh, the multiple sclerosis out of his DNA. And then while she's at it, she's like, can you make him love me more and not cheat on me? Uh, And she's like, oh, yeah, that's completely plausible. And then you're like, wait a minute. What? You're just doing that? You can do that? And it's no pro. Like, that's not hard. You have no ethical qualms with doing that? And, like, plus, like, I can Im- I can understand or I would expect people to want to write out DNA code. Like, and this is where the whole eternal s- MS and eternal stuff. sunshine of the spotless mind comes right. into play here but for writing me. Writing out personality aspects and stuff is just like. That's when I'm like, oh, like, how do you do that? And but that sets um, that actually sets a breadcrumb for later on with hero story um, because he was cloned and his mind map was, you know, hacked um, to, you know, create the, uh, the other clone killers. And um you find out that Maria was the person who was responsible for, you know, creating those personalities and putting them all together. Um, and you also find out that Maria was responsible for. Um, so basically, they cloned Wolfgang like eight times. They cloned him seven times, and they only had eight bodies. They so basically he was cloned against as well because the like. The clone, the um, he was he was so outspoken, and they wanted to make him a clone so he would basically change his tune and speak out for the clones as they were creating these laws. Uh, that of course did not happen. That backfired terribly. Yeah, because he w- he was not going along with it. They tortured him, and he still didn't go along with it. Um, so finally, they brought in a hacker, Maria, to basically take the will you know, take the will to fight out of him. And when he, you know, when it comes back to the present and he's telling, you know, Joanne about what happened was that, you know, he says, they took my faith from me. And that... That seemed like just a turn of phrase initially. It was heart-wrenching, like, to to think about that. Like, like, I'm, I'm not religious, but, I mean, I can relate, like... If someone took out like a core part of my personality, like well, I mean, that's initially awful. when I was reading this, I was thinking, oh yeah, this is just a uh, this is just an expression. But no, they literally, they literally took they his faith literally away from. took coded his faith out of him. Yeah, which is 
awful. <laughs> so then he he escaped, uh, changed his name, and basically hunted down the people who did this to him. Um, so Maria, after um, Maria ended up leaving Sally's um, employ because she didn't like the way she had spoken or threatened another like client of hers and then sally immediately sold her up the river yeah and then you know then she got arrested for illegal hacking um so um so she was basically um kidnapped and forced to work on wolfgang and hero um and she every time she worked on one of those They'd kill her before doing another mind map. A mind map was done, so she never remembered the work she did. Yeah, she never remembered the work she did or how she got there. Um, So she figured out that something was happening, and she created these Yakadari in her head, like basically hid a little part. She 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 hid information in her brain. Artificial intelligence mm-hmm. in her mind map mm-hmm. that she could trigger on a scent yes. of a food item she grew up with. Yeah, because it was um, the thing she always she always craved when she woke up. You know, because when clones wake up, they want to eat, and they can. Um, you know, they kind of know what you want to eat, and the food the food printer, which they have a food printer, uh, makes the makes food like based on your taste and stuff. So it remembers that. And so she connected it with that. And so she was able to figure out later what what was happening to her. Um, so um, we also find out that um she, so she made Ian, and Ian is not a computer AI. Ian was a human being uh, named Minoru Takahashi, who was the translator um, that was arrested and sentenced to death for treason um, in during the cloning codicils. Uh, so he ended up in a jail in in a jail with hero and they became friends um and they uh they got maria to make an ai out of this personality basically because she said he they he was too smart to die and it was easier to smuggle a mind map out of prison than a body so the computer that is then trying to kill everyone, you find out, is an actual human being stuck in a computer. And he uh he's been trying he ha he's been trying to figure out like to get information to the crew. Uh he he has information so there's instructions for the new food printer, because the old one was printing poison, and they had to there's a new one, a much nicer food printer so they go to set it up and they hero thinks there's something in there that's written to him in the japanese instructions and is actually like minoru's way like to give instructions for how to fix him because he knew what was going to happen to him so he basically hid this information 
to Hero. And Maria was able to find it too. It was just, it's just crazy. <laughs> and you can't even really explain it without and and have it make sense, because it doesn't. <laughs> but it's really good. Um so yeah, I don't know who was the worst. <laughs> I want to say Paul was the worst because he was just kind of dumb. Well, Paul was the only boring. one. <laughs> Paul was the only one on that ship that actually had malicious intentions yeah. of being on that ship. Yeah. Uh, so I am totally in agreement that Paul was Paul the actual the worst. worst. Uh, I mean, Sally Mignon well, okay. is also the okay. worst. Of the people that were on the ship, Paul was the worst. Yeah. But the actual worst is Sally Mignon. Yes. So. Um, I mean, and we should talk about yes. what Sally... Let's orchestrated. Talk about her. Sally Mignon. <laughs> Sally Mignon orchestrated a generational ship that was filled with cryogenically frozen people that she just wanted revenge against. She she I think the way they put it in the book is she stuffed a ship full of her enemies and blasted them into space with a crew of people designed to obliterate the mission. Yes, because she handpicked them purposely for that. She handpicked this crew of six clones mm-hmm. that were so utterly incompatible that they were they would kill each other and just leave her enemies drifting in space yeah. forever. Yeah. Sally Mignon <laughs> Is the true villain of the story. Very much. She is terrible. Terrible. The worst. Yeah. And it is great that the clones that she put on that ship figured it out and decided, F no, we're not playing this game. Yeah, and they figure it out because they, they, um, once they figure out what happened to Ian, that Ian is actually Minoru Takahashi, they... They think that they can, they realize they all have something in common with Sally Mignon. And they realize that Sally set them up, basically. And they say, uh, Ian's like, I can I can get her my map and put her in the computer and then you can talk to her. And then she's, and he's like, oh, never mind, she's not here. So she was supposed to be on the ship and there's no record of her in the database. So basically she... Never got on the ship, and it launched without her, but it's got all of her enemies. Because it was supposed to be a death trap yeah. for all of her enemies. Well, and because she asks Joanna, like, how do you get revenge on people that can't die? And that was uh, that was Katrina's response. I'm, I'm pulling up Katrina's story right now because I want to figure out um oh she says uh katrina asks the job consultant to start out with i have a problem i need to figure out katrina waited how does one exact revenge on people who are incredibly wealthy and do not fear death katrina thought for a moment we're going to need a drink for this (laughs) uh so then I'm trying to fig- find if they're uh, 
if there's a part of where it says um yeah it doesn't i don't think it's i don't think it says what what they uh what she actually came up with i think later on she says basically like taking away hope Mm -hmm. um because that's like oh wait here we go um humiliation is all we have most people surround themselves with clones especially after a lifetime or two so you can't threaten their loved ones money is far too untraceable ruin one venture and you find your rival has several more going political or sexual scandal doesn't even last more than a few decades for something to pass all we have to do is wait sally agreed nodding but i need to figure out how to hurt people who cross me really hurt them kidnapping them comes to mind katrina said hide them away and kill them and the bays will never wake up a new clone Sally looked at her with pity. Katrina, do you mean to tell me you haven't put your own cloning lab in this mansion? All of my targets have as many sequestered backups as they do bank accounts. There's torture, Katrina said. Personally, I still hate pain. Distasteful, Sally said. Uh, uh, Making your rifle fall in love with someone and then getting their heart broken takes far too much work. No, but think bigger. The worst pain these days is disappointment. Brought about by hope. Um, you haven't asked why I, why I need such a revenge tactic, Sally said. Um, so yeah, basically, they Katrina basically helps her figure out that the only way to exact revenge on a clone is to break their hope. <laughs> so she sponsors this mission humanity's mission to go out and colonize the stars and as soon as the problem goes wrong it's programmed to bring the ship back to earth so the ship will arrive back to earth with a bunch of dead people bunch of dead humans a bunch of dead clones and a completely ruined mission (laughs) that's all that's all (laughs) yep I mean, we haven't, so, yeah. we haven't even gotten to the end of the book and how it played out. Yeah. Well, you can do that. But essentially, I mean, there's so much to cover here. And <laughs> essentially, um, the murder mystery winds up with everyone in one part of the ship as uh, Ian it's eavesdrops so- and realizes that uh, he got effed over by Maria and mm-hmm. Sally. Yep. And deciding to kill everyone because they're not worth saving. Yes. And while they're in the same place, Paul um, has all of the clones rounded up, mm-hmm. Maria in particular, mm-hmm. and goes on a killing spree. Um, I really feel like I'm doing this ending a disjustice here. <laughs> yeah. Or it, injustice. It, I think it's 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 really hard to to explain. It's really it, hard but, to explain the end. But um, they basically figure out what happened, and it was you know Paul Paul tried to kill people. They some people figured out what was going on. Um, Paul was set up to kill them all. Um, yeah, and part of a plot to screw all of Mer- or all of Sally's enemies. Yep. Um, they catch on though. Mm-hmm. They. Kill Paul, 
while some others get killed, Maria figures out how to use the new and improved food printer to actually 3D print clones. Yeah. <laughs> which was amazing. Yeah, because she figures out that the, the food printer is so complex that it can take... Um, it can take your DNA, like, it can take stuff out of your mind map. Like, it can read your mind map and, like, to figure out what food you like. And then she realizes, wait, it can read your mind map. It can create people. We've got DNA all over the place. And so she basically and the first thing up a clone of Minoru and, and puts the mind map in the new body. And the first thing she does is unscrews Minoru, who was turned into this AI against his will. Yes. And clones Minoru's mind map that she harvests out of the AI. Yep. Into being a living, breathing clone again. Yeah. And then- Well, for the first time, because he was never a yeah. clone, really. But, um, and then- She uh, works on re-cloning the rest of the crew who were killed by Paul. Yes. And then- they all decide, F Paul. Yeah, they're going to turn him and into turn the computer. Him, turns him into the slave AI. Which, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like it I mean, or not, but. It's so wrong. It is wrong, but <laughs> it's very in character with yeah. all of them. Yeah, and so basically Maria made, a, made an AI of her mind map to run the computer while she was getting Minoru back. And then they were like, put your, put that AI in like a cleaning robot or something and we'll put Paul in there. Um, and then uh, they're like, well, we don't really know what we're going to find when we get to this planet because this mission was set up to failure. So we didn't even know like what, what's going to happen when we get there. If, if there is a planet or if, if it's suitable for life. So um, basically they, they have to uh, spend the next hundreds of years figuring out what they're gonna do <laughs> um and also uh hero so hero goes to see joanna or hero goes to see maria and asks if uh she can fix him and she's like yeah i'll do it right now <laughs> like it's so easy and i'm like then why didn't you do that before <laughs> well, i guess she didn't know who I, he yeah, was she didn't but know still um, um so that's how the book ends yeah. my only regret and that there I wasn't think, more of it. Well, yeah, there, there wasn't more of it, and just because I'm a petty person is that uh, Sally didn't get any comeuppance in the text of this story. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Like, I wish, I wish she could have been there so they could like, clone I, her and then kill her. I or wish something. they'd been able to send a message back to Earth. Yeah, detailing like, everything that happened. F you, Sally. <laughs> yeah, and that there was like this epilogue mm -hmm. where. Sally gets royally effed over mm -hmm. by this message from this crew, which she expected to totally implode on itself. Right. And they did her in, but that didn't happen. So I'm bummed. I get why it didn't happen. I think it's fine it didn't happen, but yeah, part of me wishes that Sally had gotten a comeuppance. Yes. Um, so, uh... So that's pretty much the book. We've talked about this for a long time because there's so much to talk about. And it's, it's a really complex it's book. It's so good. And I know if you're reading this, you've probably already read it because, you know, why else would you listen? But if you haven't by any chance and you've gotten all spoiled, just go read the book anyway because the way it all comes together I mean, is brilliant. The details of what happened aren't 
a fraction yeah. as important and as the path I really it happened want on, which to, we didn't cover. Yeah, I really want to reread it. Um, it it's, to pick up stuff. It's very Icarus Hunt in that yes. way. Yeah, like, but literally the first thing I did when I reached the end of the Icarus Hunt was go back to the beginning and start all over again. Right. <laughs> but I did. I did not have the chance to do that with this one, but. Um, before we go, uh, I posted on our Patreon Slack group. Patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Join at the $5 level and you can get in <laughs> on the Slack team. Yes. Uh, we have a group Slack channel for a, our book club. And uh, I asked if people had stuff they wanted to discuss. And Amy Wishman had some questions she wanted us to talk about. So I thought we would do that at the end of the show. Uh, she asks, what were your thoughts on the ethical dilemmas the plot posed? I loved how the author presented so many moral quandaries without being one-sided. Yeah, I'm total agreement. I mean, I you could pass a ton of judgment on everybody in this book if you're the author. Yeah. But Mer Lafferty didn't. She left that up yeah. to the reader to make their own moral judgments. And I absolutely freaking love yeah. How she presented all of this. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I said before, like, I didn't really like Wolfgang or like, I didn't like the things that the priest was saying, or I mean, he's the priest, but, but she made me feel so much sympathy for him. Well, um, that, and that's the case with every character. Yeah. Like, you, so I felt sympathy for, I felt sympathy for Wolfgang. I felt sympathy for Paul. I felt sympathy for Maria, even though she was doing terrible things because she was forced to do them. Pretty, much. I mean, she wasn't forced, she was forced to, do to do some all of, them. of them, but some. I mean, of them you can she see was. the underlying foundation of she's pretty unethical, right? But she also but you still feel bad she for did her. have some ethics because she said, you know, she won't. Uh, she said she won't work on children. I think she had some other stipulations that she wouldn't do, um, but. Uh, you know, you felt feel horrible for Hero and like and the way she wrote all the characters, you know, Hero was very cheerful and friendly and you just kind of really wanted to like him. Maria, you wanted you wanted to like Maria her. Maria was the everyman. Yeah, because she was the for. everyman. Um, I didn't really like Katrina until I got to her flashback and then I was like, this bitch is awesome. <laughs> um, and like uh, like Ian was hilarious. And also scary as hell. Um, and yeah, even he's he's Hal, but with, yeah, <laughs> with but with funny. funny, yeah. And like even Paul, like he was kind of a jackass. But like I, I also felt bad for him because like his his family was killed in these riots, and yeah, he has a completely irrational prejudice against clones. But I also understand why, you know, like. His family was killed. Like Mer that's that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, Mer Lafferty created an entire cast that was simultaneously terrible mm -hmm. and sympathetic at the same time. Every one of them, even Sally and, Mignon, yeah, who you do not like. She is obviously the villain of the story. There's that one moment where she asks Maria if she can make her partner love her and not cheat on her and there's that little instance of vulnerability and you're like oh that's sad and then she goes back to being a, a heinous bitch but like also like you see like she's she, she like she was kind to his children and stuff like that so it's like it was you know 
even though she's definitely the villain, there was like that one little redeeming moment. And also the fact that she she came up with this whole plot, like you gotta kind of give her props for that. I mean, this is total <laughs> Xanatos Gambit shit and it's awesome. I mean, props to Sally for pulling this off, but you're terrible. <laughs> so. So yeah, I th- there was really no right or wrong answers to everything. Like it's, yeah, no right or wrong. This is just it's so well written and yeah. well balanced. I mean, I think everyone could figure out that cloning someone against their will is wrong. Making uh, a yakodari is wrong. Turning someone into an AI is wrong. <laughs> but like you I- don't end up hating. Maria, because I want to point people to this book mm-hmm. to see how to write multifaceted characters yeah. with supreme depth. Yeah, like I, I I'm stunned and by even, how well the characters are written in this. And even Joanna, who I think was pretty much, I would the most good character, if that makes sense. Like there really wasn't much in Joanna's story where you'd be like oh she's a terrible person um but you you, we learn early on that she definitely killed paul so she's capable of murdering some people and she was involved in the cloning laws and then like basically changed her identity so you're like okay what else is she capable Mm -hmm. of um so i had one more question that i wanted to pose to you okay would you Brian Larson, become a clone. <laughs> he just sighed heavily. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, I... My biggest fear in the world is death. Specifically not existing anymore after you die. Uh, you know... If you if you assume there is no afterlife, the idea of not existing anymore uh, fills me with horrible existential dread that I just cannot think about it or I won't be able to function. So I just don't think about dying because I, I can't. Um, so if this was possible, I I have a feeling that I would get in line to be <laughs> ASAP. You know, I think I would too, but <laughs> I, I'd come at this from a different direction. This book frames a lot of anti-cloning sentiment in um sort of religious fundamentalist yeah and uh, intolerance yeah and i'm very much not for that (laughs) no so i'd probably wind up on pro cloning by default in that case there's there's something i mean you can be pro clone but also not want to be cloned because i'm sure you know a lot of people say, like, I don't want to live forever. That sounds terrible. Whereas I'm like, I don't know if I want to live forever, but I don't want to stop existing. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe I would live for a long time. And then, like, because, like, I think about that same thought, like, with vampire stories. Like, would I become a vampire in order to live forever? And I'm like... No, because the trade-off sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I wonder about this story because um, it's a couple hundred years after cloning becomes a thing. Uh-huh. Like, what if we look 
a couple hundred years beyond that. We get to a point mm-hmm. where clones say to themselves, I've experienced everything I want to experience and I can experience. So and I'll just I'm die. Good. Yeah. I, I'm good. Yeah. I that's something it's it's something to think about. Also, like the you know, if you think about like real like real life cloning, you know, would obviously be nothing like this because you're not gonna be copying the personalities. You know, it's it's gonna be a completely new person. And it's very uh so I read Six Wakes and I finished Six Wakes and then I started reading um Mirror Dance, which is the the uh the next Varkosian book in my super long read through because there's like 17 books uh and i'm in the middle uh so mirror dance is about miles for Kozigan and his clone mark and basically his clones trying to become his own person um and figure out who he is and all this stuff and so going from six wakes to mirror dance was quite the trip <laughs> Because <laughs> they both involve cloning, but they're completely different because in Mirror Dance and in the Varkosian universe and it's a whole, clones are completely different people. Like, by law, under on this one planet, clones are the brother of or sister of the person that's cloned. They're, they're a completely different person. So Mark Varkosian actually has a claim to the throne of Berear. He's he's a, he's officially he's Lord Varkosian. He has a name because they name their naming conventions are based on like their paternal grandfather. So like his name would be Mark Pierre. So yeah, it was just funny going from six wakes where you are cloned and the same person no matter what to Meridance. And you're completely different, which so I, I think like cloning is such an interesting topic to to explore in science fiction. And that's why I love science fiction so much. Normal books are boring. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say, because we've been talking about this book for a really long time. Uh, hour and 20 minutes. Uh, that's our, I think our longest book club. Uh, almost hour, 20 minutes. I think that's our longest book club. <laughs> we both had a lot to say about this book. It was great. I loved it. I loved this Aren't book. Aren't you glad I told you to read it? I am. Do and I know you well? Yes. And dear God, I hope this book gets some Hugo love because it absolutely deserves Hugo, Hugo love. love. Movie love? TV show love? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Hollywood. I'm serious. Pick read it. this book. Pick it up. Yeah. And because it's very visual. It, like, it, it's super visual. Yeah. This book is one of the best books I've read in a long time that translates super well to film or television. Yep. I mean, it could be a great TV miniseries, maybe a 13-episode miniseries, or mm-hmm. a great two-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Get the guy who um, adapted uh, Arrival. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we both loved it. Any final thoughts? Uh, just that wow <laughs> make this a movie <laughs> this is one of the best books i've read in a long time um, i think it's my favorite of the year yeah total i totally agreed um, um i mean i loved the collapsing empire by john scalzi um i i i took a po- i took a star off of that on goodreads because there were some parts of it that i felt could have been explored further 
But uh, the concept I love. Collapsing Empire was a book that was written knowing that he was going to get two more yeah. books. Well, and it's not even the ending. It's like there were some things that were glossed over time-wise that yeah. I wanted more of. But um, but yeah, I think it's definitely my favorite book of the year. And um, maybe I, I loved Brothers in Arms, but but definitely my favorite book f- that we've read for the book club. Yeah, like, agreed. Period. Totally agreed. So, um, I also, Brian, think you're going to want to read the book next month. Oh, what's next month? Uh, I, the Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, which is supposedly very Firefly-like. Oh. So, um, but yes, thank you all for joining us on this very long episode of the book club. Uh, the Tashi Station Book Club is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Please click the links on the blog to help us support the show. And as Brian said, if you contribute $5, you will get access to the Tashi Station Patreon Slack team, where we have a channel to discuss the book club picks as well as any other books you might be reading. You can find us on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station, Nancy Pan said Nancy with an I, and Brian, where can people find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. And also, you can find our columns and news at Tashi-station.net and our book club's discussion over on Goodreads. Thanks for joining us, and we'll be back next month to discuss The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. Bye! So long.